Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Vikings win 33 to 26. We're here to break it down on the Locked On Vikings podcast. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Locked on Vikings podcast. I am your host, your pal in the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. The show is on Twitter at Locked on Vikings. Thank you so much for making Locked on Vikings your first listen of the day each and every day. You can also find this show on Amazon Fire or Roku. Just download the Locked on Minnesota sports app. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Apologies for getting this show out a little bit late, just a factor of the holidays, but we will talk about the Vikings beating the Patriots 33 to 26 to ascend to 9 and 2 on the season. That means that they will have a winning record come season's end. First time since 2019. And they are still not technically like there's still a way that if they tried really hard, they could miss the playoffs. Uh, but it would require like losing out and a whole bunch of other things happening. So, you know, of course, also a playoff thing uh, very close to the division as well. The magic number, if you will, is down to two. That means two Vikings wins or two Lions losses slash Packers losses or some combination will get the Vikings into the playoffs. Essentially, the, the Packers and Lions are both tied at uh, four and seven. and so if both of those teams need to take a loss. The Vikings need to get a win. They need to get one game up on them or just win two games and then it's uh, over. So the Vikings have that clutch on the NFC North. The Bears are out of it now, uh, officially eliminated from contention in the division. So that's where we're at. So um, beating the Patriots was a pretty big deal. Now the Vikings have 10 days to get some of the stuff that they have wrong uh, together. And there is a lot of that stuff. Um, so we'll talk about it. But first, let me just go through the blow by blow of the game in case you missed part of it because the holidays or whatever it was a very back and forth game there was a lot of go down score then they go down and score and you know we'll get a field goal they get a field goal um that's how the game started the vikings got the ball first scored on their opening drive as they do so often the scripted plays have been incredible this year um and then the, the patriots go down and score right away on a busted coverage from cam bynum more on him in a second um, second drive down the vikings at seven and seven um really bad interception from Kirk Cousins. I haven't gotten a good look at it yet, so I don't have a great sense for what happened there. It looks like he just kind of overdid it. it. looks like KJ Osborne may have been bumped a little bit on his route, so the timing was off and Cousins didn't adjust for that. Um, but either way, rough interception gets returned pretty far as well. But the defense steals, one of the only times they will steal in this game, uh, and they force a field goal. We trade a couple more field goals we are at uh, 13 to 10 now and the Vikings are driving down approaching the two minute warning, not quite a two minute drill uh, yet, but th that's like they're approaching it. And there, I think with like a minute ish left to go, Hawkinson scores his first touchdown as a Viking from like third and goal from the one um, on a, a little out route. Cousins has to like pump it and then like kind of throw it off his back foot. Looked like a, a pretty awkward throw, but he made it there. And then, uh, Hawkinson stretches that thing over the pylon and the Vikings go up 
16 to 10 and the extra point misses so they will stay or 16 13 so it will stay at 16 13 because greg joseph missed another extra point this is a pretty big deal this is it's enough of them to like actually the points are adding up he's cost us almost a touchdown's worth of extra points (laughs) that's pretty rough um but then the uh, the Patriots get the ball with 41 seconds, and this starts probably the worst stretch of defense of the day where the Vikings let the Patriots drive all the way down to point blank range in 41 seconds. It took them like 25 seconds to get all the way down the field and into field goal range. And then they had the ball on like the five yard line, a couple of end zone shots, and then uh, they ended up having to kick. But Duke Shelley, who ended up having to play in this game, Noah Caleb Evans, who was in concussion protocol. Super likely to see him. He, I think he was very close to playing in this game. If, if it weren't a short week, I bet he would have. Um, and so now we got 10 days. So I, I think if Evans will be back now. And I believe Cameron Dantzler has to at least miss the game against the Jets. And then he will be eligible to return as well. But who knows how far along he actually is. I don't have a lot of information on that. Um, also, while we're talking injuries, um, no Andrew Booth in this game. He was also injured. Hence Duke Shelley. No Dalvin Tomlinson. No Christian Derrissaw. We'll get to that on the offensive side of the ball, but they did a good job protecting Blake Brandell, which was one of my main concern, my main criticisms of the Dallas game. They really came around and fixed that. Um, but Duke Shelley, for as much as he struggled in the game, four string dude, should, probably shouldn't be on a like active roster. Uh, he did have a really good pass breakup at the end of the half there to stop that from becoming a field goal. So we'll tie it up at 16 to 16. And then on the other side of the break, the Patriots get the ball to start the second half and they drive way down easy peasy and uh, get a touchdown to make it 23 to 16. So that looks pretty bad, right? And it looks like the defense just cannot get a stop to save their lives. But the uh the the vikings get the kickoff and kenny wongu kickoff return touchdown he finally broke one and it seems like the, the special teams group was all kind of sitting there saying man he's gonna break one one of these days like thought he was really on the cusp finally breaks one for a score for the vikings to tie it up 23 to 23 and from there the patriots only scored three more points for the rest of the game. So you could say the defense kind of pulled itself back together and they gave up a lot of production, way too much production to Mac Jones. And we'll kind of talk about why later. Um, But on the other side of the ball, uh, Justin Jefferson had a couple of insane plays and um, we'll kind of fast forward to tied 26, 26. So there was another kind of field goal answer with a field goal. Vikings have a third and nine trying to drive down to take the lead. They throw it underneath to TJ Hawkinson and it's a fourth and four. One of those kind of classic, you know, this is a third and nine has no chance to convert kind of plays and they line up to punt. And then Ryan Wright draws a very key running into the punter penalty, really bad mistake by new England. There's absolutely no reason that guy should have run into him. It was way too late. And, um, the Vikings get a first down. And I think on the very next play or, or maybe, um, a couple of plays later, probably the craziest Justin Jefferson play of the game. And there were a lot of these, a lot of Kirk Cousins dimes up the middle, um, throws into double coverage that were just had to be perfect and were, and that had to be perfect catches and were. Um, and Justin Jefferson catches one inside the red zone, down the field, safety coming over the top, corner playing under him, absolute dimes all around, 10 out of 10s all around. And suddenly it is goal to go. And the go-ahead touchdown goes to Adam Thielen, 
they ran some kind of double crosser thing, double over, which had like two guys kind of crossing in front of um, a deep safety. And it's supposed to put that deep safety in conflict. And the deep safety goes to Jefferson's side instead of Thielen's side. So now Thielen just has to win a one-on-one and he does. He does a good job of keeping the, the route kind of shallow to give Kirk Cousins a whole bunch of room to throw it over him. And then he just has to kind of peel off at the end and catch it. Uh, two toes inbounds, touchdown Vikings. Um, and that would be 33-26, to 26, which ends up being the final score. Patriots get two more chances to answer here. Um, the first one with about four minutes to go, they actually do drive down pretty well, but they get to a fourth and 16 after uh, a, a key i want to say it was a sack or was it a sack on the other one um I, full disclosure i didn't get the chance to actually see a whole bunch of this game because of holiday travel and stuff um so i'm a little fuzzy but um this is more of an instant reaction so either way they get to a fourth and 16 and uh mac jones fires one deep to kendrick Bourne, who actually has a shot at it and uh, or i'm sorry nelson Aguilar, who actually has a shot at it and uh, he kind of dives, lays out for it, but it's just a little bit, it, le- it led him just a little bit too far. And there was pressure influencing that throw that made it like not perfect. So Patriots turn it over on downs. Vikings kind of just do run, 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 punt. They're just trying to get rid of clock at that point. And then the second one it ends up with a minute to go. No timeouts. They ate all the timeouts with the run plays. So the Patriots have no timeouts, a minute to go. Um, and the punt is like very good. They've got the ball on like the 10 yard line. Very first play, Ross Blacklock of all people sacks uh, Mac Jones. The whole pass rush did really, really well on that one, though. Um, that was a very team effort sack, but Ross Blacklock gets credited for it. And then they have the ball in like the two yard line. They get a 17 yard pass to Kendrick Bourne. Patrick Peterson meets him on the sideline and does a great job to keep him in bounds, like picks him up, really fights. Like Bourne was fighting it out of bounds and he just lost the fight um to to patrick peterson who's you know there's another moment for the closer uh and then that means they have to scramble up to it and by the time they can scramble up to it after the sack and then having to get reset because they have no timeouts then the um pass that didn't get out of bounds and then they have to reset for that and they have guys are running up and down the field like it takes them forever to get reset just because of how long these plays have to be in that situation um they had they just didn't have enough time Ball's caught again over the middle and um, in literally as fast as it possibly could have been the the Vikings when it was caught with like three seconds over the middle. There's no way they can get reset. Um, the clock did not stop once during that uh, two minute drill during that one minute drill drill, I guess you would call it. And and that's like really cool. <laughs> that's really good. defense. So the defense really steeled itself in a couple of key moments. And, and we'll talk a little bit more about the defense. We'll also talk more about the offense as well coming up. Uh, so we, we've got a lot more to get into. Uh, but first things first, let me talk to you about daily fantasy made easy. It is prize picks. Prize picks is um, the same vibe as daily fantasy where you're kind of, you know, picking and picking up whatever player you want just for that week. But you don't have to enter a pool with like 6,000 people and, and try to, you know, be the one corner case that gets the crazy thing. You don't have to put all your stock into like obscure players hoping you get a random CJ, you know, Matt Asiata three touchdown game. No, you don't have to do any of that. It's just you versus the house. Prize picks has a projection and you just have to pick more than or less than. And if you're right, you can win up to 10 times your money, two to five players, and you can just try to stack up wins like that. So go to prizepicks.com. They have much more than football too, basketball, hockey, all the way down to cricket and weird stuff. 
<laughs> but you can go to prizepicks.com and we have a promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match up to 100 bucks for first time signups. So when you sign up, use promo code locked on. If you put in 100 bucks, you get 100 more bucks slapped on top of that, put in 50, get 50, etc. That is at prizepicks.com or on the prize picks app. Uh, you can get a 100% match up to $100. Once again, that is prizepicks.com promo code locked on. Thank you so much for making Locked On Vikings your first listen of the day. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. They'll probably be talking about all the Thanksgiving games on this Friday, as well as the World Cup. And of course, as I record this, uh, England's playing USA in the World Cup, so I'm sure they'll have a lot to say about that. Also, check me out on Patreon. I'll be breaking down all kinds of fun stuff later next week on my Patreon, uh, Luke Braun, patreon.com slash Luke Braun NFL. Let's talk about, let's start, let's eat our dinner before dessert. All right, let's talk about the defense. This is the hard part. The defense did not have a good day. 26 points is not a horrible day um, on in a vacuum. 26 points against the Patriots is not good enough. That is just simply on, not acceptable. Um, the Patriots offense has been anemic this year. Mac Jones has been genuinely benched for something called a Bailey Zappi, and he looked great, and he didn't have any pressure. They, they like that is the key. The biggest surprise to me was that the Vikings were not able to generate pressure. Now they didn't blitz a lot. And I actually agree with that from a process perspective and on defense, there's a lot of talk about like, we got to talk about Donatel, right? And there, I saw a lot of fire Donatel. Now, personally, I'm never going to have, I'm not, I'm just not going to say that about a coordinator in his first year trying to install a new scheme. Um, unless it's like an urban Meyer situation where there's something else going on. I don't think the growing pains of a new scheme, um, especially because like that eroded a lot of goodwill from the beginning of the season, right? Like this game is not the one game you're you're doing that on. It's because of defensive problems earlier in the season, but those problems were because of a new scheme. And so I, I, I just he gets the year, you know. So I'm never going to say that, but I, I think we can still call into question what he has done game to game. Like we can still criticize him. Just don't call for him to be fired. And what I think I mean, the, the the lack of blitzing. Considering the dudes that New England was trotting out, backup center, banged up group, like that O-line has been playing well, but they were not together in that game. And the way that they like chipped the heck out of Zadaria Smith basically totally made the Vikings four-man rushes fall apart. So I think there was not enough vari variability, not enough contingency in those four-man rushes. If they're going to spend that much energy on, on Zadaria Smith, stop making him the focal point of the four-man rush. And move that thing over to Daniil Hunter. That's going to be my guess for what happened. Now, again, I got to watch all the tape. I got to really look at this a lot closer. So grain of salt with all of that. I could be a million percent wrong. Um, but that's what I think I'm going to blame for now on the like lack of pass rush in the game. And then in terms of coverage, there was a lot of busted coverage. There was a lot of attacking the, the linebackers in the flats and the linebackers just not being fast enough to get out there. I don't know. Maybe it was just a short week kind of fatigue. They were a little banged up from that Cowboys game. They played a whole bunch of plays, right? Defense was on the field the entire Cowboys game, and then they had to do a short week. So maybe there's just a, a stamina thing going on. But it seemed to me like that the speed of these inside linebackers is really exploitable. In the same way, um, the Packers really exploited in week one, even though we blew them out, the Packers really exploited that 
and they just needed another thing to like make the offense actually go like the offense itself the Packers offense itself didn't work because that's all they had this wasn't all the Patriots had but it was a really good way to set up you know second and four just get a quick six yards on the on the flats to the linebackers and I, I've said this before but you know the second Brian Osamoa is ready I think it's a shot in the, the arm for this defense now if he doesn't know the assignments well enough if he's not gap sound if he's not assignment sound if he's not reliably doing the right thing every single play which hey rookie totally understandable if you aren't but if you aren't, I can't put you on the field, right? So that's going to be why he doesn't see the field, even though maybe we think we should get rid of Hicks or whatever. Hicks also got absolutely blasted on a 40-yard screen. You got to be able to lock up alignment a little better than that, even though, I mean, you're a linebacker. You have a size disadvantage. Some is understandable, but he got carried, forklifted, wheelbarrowed 15 yards downfield. <laughs> um, But the other problem was, I think, I, it's so hard watching the TV copy to comment on safety play. So again, massive grain of salt here. I reserve the right to correct myself later. But it looked to me like Cam Bynum had a really, really bad day. Now there was a broken Hunter Henry touchdown where um, I believe it was the second touchdown of the game uh, for for the Patriots. Correct me if I'm wrong there, but it was a, a not a busted coverage, but it was Cam Bynum was really, really late to it. I think he was playing as a half safety over the top and he didn't contest the deepest route. That's just is your job. You just didn't do your job. Um, and when he came in to make the tackle, he also whiffed on the tackle. Nobody else was over there because he was a half safety. That was a huge weakness that the Patriots identified and exploited. They said, this dude, this half, this guy is going to be the half safety over the top a whole bunch. Um, deepest guy on the field. And we think we can exploit him and, and make him react faster than he's able to. And he's just been like slow on a lot of things. So I, I think Cam Bynum was really a marked man in that game. And, you know, bummer about Lewis scene, get well soon. But if you're look, wondering like, hey, what happens? You know, Cam Bynum's still good. Why'd we draft a safety? That <laughs> is what you were hoping to get rid of by drafting a first round safety. And I, and I know Lewisine didn't get on the field. We kind of talked about it when he got injured, but for those who weren't around, I know some more people have kind of piled on here as the Vikings do well. Um, my take on that is you can't judge a rookie by three games. A lot of rookies aren't ready by three games. Justin Jefferson didn't have a full playbook down till like week 10 in his rookie year. Christian Derrissaw didn't see the field because he was hurt. Uh, and he wasn't certainly wasn't full form until this year. So give everybody a second. <laughs> but, and, and of course, you know, then he gets hurt well before he has had enough time where we can look at his absence and say that it's a reflection on his ability rather than just his transition to the NFL. But um, either way, Bynum's going to have to be the dude and he's just going to have to play a little more aggressively and the game is going to have to slow down for him. Otherwise, that's going to be something that other teams will exploit as well. That's the real concern with the defense for me is did they find that Cam Bynum, like Bynum's been late to a lot of plays this year, but other teams haven't really attacked it. And I'm not 100% surprised that Bill Belichick's the one to like find that and figure out that that's the way that he can put up only almost 300 yards passing with Mac Jones. Um, but my question now becomes, will other teams see that? Do the Jets see that and go, oh, we're doing that too. You know, then the Lions say, oh, we're, we're doing that too. And then suddenly you have this big problem on defense that you have to adjust for. The nice thing is though, house money. The Vikings are almost, I mean, they could rest starters and are probably 95% likely to clinch the division if they don't even play starters for the rest of the season. 
it is as of this recording november so you got a lot of time you have six more weeks to figure these problems out and to me the rest of the season is more about that like i'm paying more attention to that than i am the record and of course the vikings are going to care about seeding and they're not going to actually rest starters or anything like that but for me it's going to be about like whatever you do you're playing in the playoffs and you're going to play a good team for me it's how ready are you for that game and the rest of these are just kind of about jockeying for position so we've eaten our dinner we've eaten our brussels sprouts let's uh let's have a little dessert all right let's slice into a, a little good old-fashioned american apple pie and uh talk about the offense because oh boy the offense had a day before we get into that though uh let's talk about keeping your home safe simply safe is the place to go for home security if it's something that you have been um procrastinating if it's something that you have been looking at as a like a luxury or or something like that then um you got to check out simply safe simply safe is the the best thing to get for uh for home security and it's the only home security that i will recommend they have uh fast protect technology that, that gives them 24 7 access to not only like the right authorities so they can get the right people dispatched in the case of an emergency but also also really good advanced AI that can determine what is a real threat and what isn't. Like if the cat just walked into the wrong room, you don't want the fire department showing up. Um, they have all of that so you can have peace of mind and you can control it all on your phone. That is, go to uh, simplysafe.com. That's S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com. And uh, you can find it there. That's simplysafe.com. So let's talk about the offense. Um, the offense in this game was incredible. Um, I'm going to talk about the one thing people have asked me a whole bunch that's not good, and that's screens, and then it's all praise from there on out. So screens uh, have been really bad this year, and for me, the reason why is that they are just too slow. And I've talked a lot about how the timing is off, and it's always taken someone a little too long to get out there. But imagine being a defender and it's a screen, right? You got to read that screen and go blow it up. Well, the second you see an offensive lineman turn and just start hauling ass outside, that can only mean one thing. It is a screen and NFL players know that and will react to that. Um, but the way to the the way to like stop that is either to delay it so that the certain parts can get developed before the offensive linemen go. But if the offensive linemen are slow to get out or if the quarterback is throw is uh, slow to throw it, which has happened sometimes if the running back is slow to get out there, which happens sometimes if any part of that doesn't come out in time, you have to wait for it. And you have essentially declared that it is a screen. And now you're waiting for the screen to finish developing while the, and giving the defense all the time it needs to read and react. That's why the screens are bad. Now, does that mean throw the screens out of the playbook? I don't think you can afford to do that. I think these playbooks are, are the architecture of these two of these these McVeigh, Shanahan, and really any offensive playbook is too reliant on like it's too much of a load bearing pillar. I guess the screens are. Um, they're just, I mean, they're like a lot of the playbook. <laughs> you can't just throw out entire chapters, right? Um, but like it, instead, they have to fix it. And I would love to see to hear that that is an, being going to be an emphasis over this 10 day mini buy that they have while they get a little healthy, fix your screens. I'd be pretty happy with that on offense. So there ends the bad stuff on offense because holy Christ, what a game. Um, 
of course, Justin Jefferson, 139 yards. Not even that crazy of a game for him, but he's people are talking about him as MVP and stuff. He did it on primetime, so everybody's like, whoa, look how good Justin Jefferson is. And like he's had like four better games this year. <laughs> That's just like just how insane he is. And, and Cousins as well. Um, like I mentioned before, there's a lot of plays in this game I haven't yet actually gotten to watch. So grain of salt, uh, like TV or anything, but of course, grain of salt as usual, because I gotta look at the tape. But what I think I saw or at least the, the parts I did see, was Cousins working the pocket a whole bunch. Now, after the game, he says, man, I don't think I'm playing any better. Um, and I think that was just a humility. I'm my own harshest critic kind of quote. But <laughs> Kirk, if you're listening, uh, you are. <laughs> you are absolutely doing stuff that you did not do in the last three years. And I think it is leading to much more explosive offensive production. It is leading to uh, Justin Jefferson on pace to have his best season by 500 yards. Um, C Cousins definitely is owed his piece of the credit for that. And I think a big part of it is working the pocket, working improvisationally. Um, you know, he calls it finding the inches. I I'll, I'll say finding the plays, like finding where the big play is, finding where the best option is instead of just kind of going through your decision tree of if thens it, you're, you're really finding it. It's the, the play is not an instruction manual. It's a, a game of I spy and the winner of the game of I spy is the guy who found Justin Jefferson down the field. And then just the throws, just the physical, like the mechanical throws, the accuracy of them. There's all sorts of different facets of Kirk Cousins game. That was just awesome. Um, and I think I said after, after the first game, I think it was uh, after the green Bay Packers, you can go check the, <laughs> check the logs. I said on this show, if you get 17 like that out of Kirk Cousins, the sky's the limit for the Vikings, extend him for, for life. He's your guy. Um, we haven't gotten 17 like that. We've had some stinkers, but this is another game that goes into that category. Um, and it's definitely not just the second time. There have been plenty of games that go into that category where if you can put a full season together of those, Kirk Cousins is an upper echelon quarterback in this league franchise, Pro Bowl or whatever accolade you want to use. Um, this was a Pro Bowl game. This was a playoff game. And against going into the game, the Patriots were actually a playoff team, quote unquote, in the, insofar as they were in playoff position. They were in the seventh seed in the AFC. They were knocked out because of by virtue of losing. Um, and that's always a fun thing about like strength of schedule. Who's over 500 when you've won a lot of games and then all your opponents are a game under 500. <laughs> you can kind of do that math. So that's why strength of schedule doesn't go very far for me. Um and also contributions from uh, TJ Hawkinson, Adam Thielen, KJ Osborne. Uh, Hawkinson in particular made difficult catches, of course. You know, there was all kinds of talk about him after the Dallas game. and the, the You could call them drops that he had. I would say failed catches. Um, most places that chart drops won't count a contested catch, like what would have been a contested catch as a drop. Like they need that to be easy to count it as a drop. Like they're really stingy about it. So drop isn't necessarily going to be the word. But failed completions, bad plays, right? Like, who cares what you call it? Um, not in this game. In this game, he made those contested catches. He caught a touchdown. Um, he had uh, clutch conversions on third down and stuff. Um, same with Adam Thielen. He even had a trick play at the Justin Jefferson reverse throw to Adam Thielen. That's going to make that little tunnel screen thing um, or, or those end arounds really potent if a corner has to actually run and respect Adam Thielen, you essentially get to get a defender out of that equation for free. And on the edge there, sometimes that's one of two guys or one of three guys. That's really valuable to 
get that play. Not only did it convert a key uh, first down, but it also on the opening drive ended in a touchdown drive, kept a touchdown drive going, but it also sets up for future stuff. Um, and that packaging, all that stuff together is really good. And that's the kind of stuff that you can, you can save those payoffs for the playoffs and uh, huh, yeah, how catchy. Um, and that's really cool. And then I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention the protection cousins was under a reasonable amount of pressure. I think it was under like 15 of 37 snaps. Like that's not a great pressure rate, but it was a certainly good enough. Cousins also overcame some pressure, which is a big deal. Um, and with Blake Brandell catching Matthew Judon a whole bunch, theatric wise, a whole bunch, um, they gave him so much help. So this is not a Blake Brandell starting tackle kind of thing. They gave him a ton of help. They put tight ends over there. They put fullbacks over there. But that's what they had to do. And that's what they inexplicably didn't do against Dallas. And that's was like the cause of a whole bunch of that sack stuff. So I think I went in kind of saying, hey, here's like the like I, I went out of that Dallas game saying, OK, here are the things you've got to fix on a short week was fix your protections, right? Fix your um, ability to keep Kirk Cousins clean and just the protection calls. Don't let Blake Brandell be one-on-one all day. I think he was one-on-one only one time that I noticed and it did turn into a sack, Um, but he had a lot of help, right? Like give him the help that he needs if you're going to have a backup in there. Um, And they made that adjustment very, very, very well. That's really exciting. Um, Also, going into this 10-day kind of mini buy they get they almost had dalvin tomlinson in this game he was genuinely questionable for this game so he might be back uh next week after 10 days of rest you get a caleb evans back almost i i would be very surprised if he didn't play coming out of concussion protocol after this 10 uh 10 day break because he almost played in this game as well so you get a little bit healthier no more of this duke shelley andrew booth thing we can at least get evans out there who is at least a reasonable ish backup <laughs> I mean, he's not going to be a, a quality starter or anything. You might even argue Cam Dantzler isn't a quality starter. So you're not going to have, you know, Patrick Peterson level play, who's, by the way, balling. Um, you're not going to have that on that side of the ball. But you get a little healthier and you get a little bit of house money. Depending on what happens in Packers versus Eagles, the Packers could be uh, all but eliminated from the NFC North, from NFC North contention. Um they would literally have to win out and the Vikings would have to lose out assuming they don't beat the Eagles. That's the stakes for the Packers right now. Um, so if you want to see the end of the Packers fly Eagles fly. Um, so we'll talk more on Monday. I want to do a little bit more in-depth stuff on Monday on this game, just because I'm you know, traveling and it's a little fast and loose. I want to kind of get back to the normal cadence of things and get into um, the, nitty gritty of this game and and try to get you a better understanding of what happened on offense, what happened on defense. So I'm going to try to do that on Monday and then we'll have Twitter Tuesday and kind of the normal cadence from there. And then we'll be playing the Jets. So I will talk to you all then. Have a good weekend, everybody. Enjoy your holiday weekend. And as always, skull.